Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the November 10th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to set you up for an eight game Friday slate. It's a weird slate as far as where the games are spread out, and I, I kind of hate it uh, because we only have one 7 o'clock, one 7.30, one 8, and then at 9, ugh, four 9 o'clock games. So usually we get the information on when these games start. About 90 minutes is when coaches talk pregame, so that's when we find out when the game times, who's warming up, who's not warming up. Like Austin Rivers is 50-50. We're not going to find that out before the first game tips, and it's kind of sucks. Um, so yeah, and then also there's the, the ten o'clock game, which is a great one. And, and the thing is too, like the early games aren't good. Um, so usually when this is the case, right, we want to, we want to know sure things: who's out, we could kind of plan better and project better, who's going to play minutes and so on. Like the first game is probably the most likely to get blown out. And then Boston's defense, and and that's it. Like the two early games, man. That's and then after that, it's at least an hour. So that's just brutal. Um. So yeah, let's get into this then. We got uh, again. I got a lot of notes here to fly through it. So like I said, the Atlanta and Detroit game. Atlanta's defense, their starting defense, has been just awful. Um. They they played 17 minutes really so they they haven't really been doing too well. Uh, meanwhile, the Pistons have been great, man. Um, they're the only team in the NBA besides the Warriors that are top 10 in defensive rating and offensive rating. Uh, we're gonna see Reggie Bullock. It sounds like start again for Stanley Johnson, and they were awesome again. They played 20 minutes together in the last game. Played really well, especially on defense. And Bullock's not bad, man. I was a big Bullock guy's first summer league. Um, Hawks-wise, we're still unlu- uh, unsure on Scala. We have the Probable Gang with Schroeder, Bellinelli, and Delaney all probably going to play. Although we saw Muscala probable for a little bit, right? And then it got worse for him. He's been sitting. So, <clears throat> uh, Other notes. Yeah, like I said, they, they played... Um, actually, that unit was... Was together for 15 minutes on Wednesday, 20 on the season. So they're yeah, that's pretty good. I mean Reggie uh, Reggie Bullock, double Reggie, Bullock's fine. Um, he's cheap, so I, I'm definitely okay with playing him. You could think about going John Collins here, I think, just because, like I said, this is probably going to be a blowout with how well the Pistons are playing and how poorly the Hawks are playing. So uh, I'm definitely cool with that. And I also really like Ish Smith. He is so cheap. So uh, I would consider him um, quite a bit. Uh, again, you, it's kind of a, you get it both ways, right? Because he's going to play, if it's not a blowout, you probably got 18 minutes. If it is a blowout, you probably got 24 plus some high usage in the late, in the late quarters. So yeah, like I said, but pretty much focus on garbage here. Um, I mean, it could be close. The Hawks have been hot. We've seen Schroeder get hot at times. So if you want to go the opposite route and you want to kind of play aggressive on this game um sure and it's not sometimes it's, this isn't on a lot of slate too because like i said it's such a weird slate how it's just one seven o'clock start time so 
take that however you like. Um, yeah, I guess I'm okay with Drummond. I don't really feel it, though. Um, so, yeah, we'll just move on to, I guess, the main slate and take a look at the Hornets and Celtics. This one's interesting because we got some injuries. So, we got no Horford. Jason Tatum had an MRI yesterday. It was negative, so he's day-to-day and questionable. So you look at how they played out. It was really semi-Ogele was really the big guy that picked up minutes. He played three minutes at center and the rest at power forward. So he's pro- if with Horford already out, he's probably looking at, again, like six minutes at center-ish um, without Dwight Howard there. I, mean, I would assume they wouldn't put him against Dwight. Um, and then Aaron Baines will be upper 20s or mid-20s. And then Thice. Uh, I think Daniel Thice is definitely an option. Um He's going to play 20 minutes, I think. So for as cheap as he is at power forward, I mean, I'm down with that. He's been pretty active. Um, they're going to need offense again, especially if Tatum's out. They're going to really have to go. Uh, they're going to pretty much have to play semi at straight four, I would think. So he benefits. Uh, Marcus Smart also benefits. Marcus Smart played huge minutes. Uh, I think it was 21 minutes in the second half. So he's looking at upper 30s. So I think he's a pretty good sneaky pick. I don't know if people are going to be after him. But, yeah, I'm definitely um, a fan of Marcus Smart at 5'9". feels like he can crush that value if he can hit some threes. So I like him quite a bit. Um, Kemba's tough to play uh, on the road and in against Boston's defense, which has just been locked down as great as Horford is. I mean, they, they held their own. They've held their own really top to bottom. Like I always say, the the Raptors' first unit, although yesterday was an, uh, an exception, they were really good first unit defense-wise. But some teams bench, they play better than their starters. The, the Celtics are pretty much top to bottom, like locked down. So uh, interesting there. Jalen Brown at 5'5", five, five, definitely interesting without Tatum in the mix. I think he'll be high, high minutes, lots of three. Again, Smart will play a lot of two, a lot of two. Probably going to start... Uh, Marcus Morris, probably looking, he's still not quite unleashed, but you're probably looking at like 24, 25 minutes. Not the greatest per minute guy, so I think he's a little overpriced. Um, again, Aaron Baines at 4'8", should be solid. I don't know, I may prefer Len if you're feeling frisky. We'll talk about him. Uh, and then MKG's back, so I guess switching over to, uh, and I guess Kyrie's okay, but again, this game will be kind of slower than I think, than people think. Um, but yeah, semi usually at 3'5", probably one, if, especially if Tatum's out, or if Tatum's out. Uh, I think that's a pretty good play. And I, I already like Thice quite a bit. Um, so, yeah. Um, Hornets. We actually had a lot of quotes from Clifford yesterday. He said that he wants to let MKG get comfortable. Same with Batum. Who, Batum, I don't, Batum may be coming back. I'm, I don't know about today, but the 15th was when it was projected about a week ago. But now, uh, he tweeted out this morning... It's the first day of the rest of your life. So, uh, is, is today the first day you're back of the season, Batum? It could be. So, and again, he did, quote, I think, everything uh, the, yesterday. Uh, he's doing contact. So, he's close, man. It's going to be, if not, like, I think that 15th is, like, maybe before. But that's their first home game to, um, that after this road trip. So he's, I think he's probably like 85% chance to be ready to go, whether it be before or in that game. But it's worth mentioning, he said that when asked about MKG and Batum coming back, and asked about Jeremy Lamb, he said, quote, give him minutes. So it sounds like they're going to shorten it up, which means they're... And also another interesting to tie it all together, he called Malik Monk a... Um, he couldn't. He basically said he couldn't start at shooting guard because he's too small. So reading between the lines on that, you think that Monk may get cut 
uh, at the wing minutes. And he's actually played pretty well when he played at the two. So you think that may get cut a little bit to allow Lamb to expand his minutes. But yeah, Lamb's been really good. Um, I don't really like him today in this matchup, but yeah, he's been really um, just phenomenal. Been better than almost anyone expected. Numbers are up everywhere, especially scoring. Um, so yeah, um, to recap, Thais is nice. <laughs> and um, yeah, I definitely like Baines. Do you feel in charge? And yeah, uh, Morris and Stemi Ojale. If Tatum's out, I think that's kind of the play. And then Marcus Smart, obviously, I like. Okay, so Indiana, minus three, 204 over under at Chicago. Indy's new starting unit's been really bad. They've been getting worked really the whole season since Turner's been on the court. Over 66 minutes, he's like they had some bad matchups. Uh, Sabonis is going to be game time. He went through um, pretty much the shoot-around, and yeah, he should be ready to go as I'm reading some updates here. Uh, sounds like Rivers may actually give it a go. Anyways, we'll get to that. But yeah, so you look at this matchup, and I mean, again, there's not a lot to like here as far as like straight value plays. They're, the Denzel Valentine lineup is something that I've been watching, and it's been kind of decent. They've been running pretty slow, but the Zipster lineup has been bad. So I think that Zipster gets kind of short, shortened up a little bit. And so I kind of like Valentine. I don't think people really see his trend, but he's playing pretty well. So I like him. If Sabonis is out, they've gone small a lot. They went a lot of three-guard lineups. We saw a lot of Lance Stevenson at the three with Corey Joseph next to Collison and a lot of Boan Bogdanovich at the four. So all those guys benefit. I mean, Lance Stevenson, he's pretty much done well. Two games ago, he was superb, but last game he was fine. didn't really burn you. So... Uh, again, against Chicago, their second unit defense hasn't been great, so I think that he's a, uh, definitely a fine option. Um, yeah, I mean, he hit th- 29 two games ago, and then 18 in the last game, Lance, that is. So, yeah, he 9 xg and 5 xg, which you'll take. And again, I think uh, the opportunity is there for him um, if you want to go and attack this game. Jerry Grant's been all right. I'm not really particularly after him. Daddy Young would also benefit. He's been playing big minutes. I think this is a good matchup for him. Uh, do we free Bobby Portis coming off a monster game? He's only 5,000. I think it's a little risky, uh, risky for cash, but I definitely could see him as a tournament play. I mean, he exploded at 3,400. He dropped 40 points in fantasy, so definitely cool with him if you want to roll the dice. Obviously, they really want to get all they can see out of him before Miritich comes back because it sounds like it's having it one way or the other. Valentine's pretty reasonably priced. Uh, so like him, marketing's still a little expensive for me. I don't really want to go after him at that price tag because uh, I do think the Pacers have a chance to blow him out. All right, I guess we'll move on to really the finally the games when they start to play here at the nine o'clock games. You got the Bucks and the Spurs. Sounds like Bledsoe's going to give it a go. And I mean, does he come off the bench or what? It feels like they should probably bring him off the bench, right? Just because they don't want to mess with that unit. Their starting unit's been pretty respectable. Their defense hasn't been good. They played 85 minutes together, so they're just starting to gel. Meanwhile, the Spurs, they've been really slow, and their starters have been below average on defense. So if you want to play Giannis, I actually like Giannis, man. I mean, he's only he's 11-8. He's under 12. He pretty much needs to get you to 60 fantasy points. I'm not really, like I said, I'm not worried about their defense against Giannis. He's just too good. They don't have Kawhi out there to defend him. So, yeah, throw Giannis in there. Again, not that many studs in the in the slate today, so I think he does a lot of value. So 
getting Giannis in there and working your way down seems like a good idea. Uh, Lamarcus is also pretty cheap at five eight. I'm sorry, I wish he was five eight, right? Eight five has got a little dyslexia, so yeah, he's fine. Uh, again, there's a lot of power forwards that are pretty cheap, so I don't know if I would roll him out um, if you're running a lot of lineups out there. But yeah, he's pretty. If you want to stack this game, it's a lot to like. I don't think I could play Bledsoe at six three. Jason Kidd's gonna probably want to ease him back into it. And again, this guy hasn't played in weeks since he went to a hair salon, so. Um, that should be fun. And I actually, check it out in Rotor World. I broke it down just to give you the nuts and bolts of it. Bledsoe's really good in PNR, so I want to see how they fit with that offense. It hasn't run a lot of PNR. Granted, they don't have very much personnel to do so. So I think Delavadova was like 49th in pick and roll possessions per game last year in the NBA. Like really, really low, right? If that's your number one player. So, yeah. Um, so it makes sense to put him out there in the second unit, but they'll obviously play together. I want to see the... The Bledsoe Giannis. I mean, Giannis as a role man is just scary, man. How he can just step around people and stuff. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, you really can't. You really got to avoid the backcourt, right? I mean, you can't really trust Middleton seven five. I think he's okay, but the Bledsoe, I, I just don't know. Uh, so it's risky to play him. Henson should be safe. Um, they have played Giannis at the Tacumbo for twelve minutes at the center on the season. I expect that trend to kind of go up as the year goes along because. Really, it's just the way the team's built. If you have a good player that's on the perimeter, you want your best five out there. So your best five really probably is going to be Bledsoe, Brog, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Giannis. Uh, and Snell's been good, man. Like He's been one of the most efficient players in basketball, especially spot-up plays. So I don't really think he's terrible. So play, I mean, obviously Giannis has the rim protection. He can guard really any position. So he's just so good. I think that's kind of it. Uh, Patty Mills at 4.7 is decent. DeJounte Murray, a very cheap 4,000. I don't hate that idea. Um, he should be. He's got upside. Um, kind of a subpar matchup. Probably a matchup against Delavadova and how they play defense. But yeah, I could see him being a contrarian. Because then we know that you usually don't play point guards against the Bucks, But I think he's alright. I think I'm going to move on. Yeah, this game's not that great. This game I like a lot. Um... Actually, I skipped one. <laughs> Let's do the Clippers at OKC. Minus 6, 2 of 6 over under. No Pat Bev. Austin Rivers is going to be 50-50, according to Doc Rivers. No Gallo. So the first number you look up here is Lou Williams has played 69 minutes. A very nice sample next to DJ and Griffin. So you'd think he would have to start and play big minutes. And he is really going to be Mr. Chalk. Even if Rivers doesn't play, they have to play him huge minutes. Um, they're really just looking. I mean, Jawan Evans is probably going to be in the rotation tonight. So, yeah, fire up Lou Will. Really, I mean, I don't. We know he's very capable of getting a line, and I thought I think he's had a good rapport really since the preseason with DJ and Blake. So, yeah, he's super duper chalky. Even at like seven thousand, I think I would still probably play him. So, definitely all about that. Um, other than that, Wes Johnson's fine. Uh, he's going to play minutes. We know they play him a lot. Three, he's benefited a lot with Gallo out, so he's definitely going to be fine. Uh, again, this is a good game to attack with a lot of injuries. We'll talk about OKC in a minute. So I like him. Um, they're going to probably put Sam Decker in the four a little bit more, uh, mix it up and go smaller. I, I'm fascinated by what's going to happen if Steven Adams doesn't play, and if, especially if Rivers doesn't play. Because you've got a team that has... No front court depth if Adams is out. They're gonna have to play Patterson at the five. I'll get to that. Actually, I'll get to that in a second. But let's 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 finish up the Clippers. 
So, yeah, Wes is 4'6". I mean, that's pretty good. Blake's 8'4". That's also, I think, pretty good, too. He's going to have a pretty good amount of usage in this game. Um, even DeAndre at 7'6". You'd think they would feed him if Adams is out, right? Just go all day at him. And OKC's at home on a back-to-back, so that helps a little bit. But, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what they're going to do, man. I mean, did they play, like, Dakari? Or, I, I guess they would have to play Grant. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Scenario Thornwell also, if Rivers is out, I think Thornwell will have to start. He's only 3-4. This guy can fill it up. Um, college player of the year for his conference last year. Really had some strong summer league showings. He's been strong at times. Really gets out in the open floor. So definitely on board with him. Yeah, okay, so let's move on to the Thunder side. Okay, so if Adams is out, and he got kind of kicked in the leg by Millsap in the last three or four minutes, whatever it was last night, did not return, called a right calf contusion. So contusions are tricky, man. I mean, we saw uh, Cody Zeller last year miss like a month with a quad contusion. Um, sometimes, Most of the time, guys are back, but yeah, and Adams is pretty tough. And they need him to play, like I said. They have really nobody. Patrick Patterson cannot guard DeAndre Jordan at all. Like you're better off. They're honestly better off putting Jeremy Grant on DeAndre Jordan because at least, like, Patterson even before the knee injury just can't elevate and defend at the rim. But at least we know Jeremy Grant can. So I think that's the move. So I think we see a lot of. We saw him close to five last night and play a lot of fourth quarter minutes. He's only four or five. I think he's got a good couple blocks in him. Ten, eleven points, five boards. There you go, and he could definitely exceed that. So four or five. I'm. I'm I like that. Uh, he's been playing pretty well. So um, Robertson's also sneaky. If they're going to go small and play their fours at their fives and their threes at their fours, that opens up minutes at the two and the three. So um, maybe we see Josh Eustis get in there too, but you're obviously not playing him in DFS. So, uh, and Raymond Felton's also close a lot. So I meant to, I mentioned this. So most used lineups with Westbrook, Paul George, and Melo without Adams. So we're talking two men guys to go with the three. We got Felton and Patterson for six minutes. Grant and Patterson for four minutes, and then Grant and Felton for four minutes. So that's kind of your that trio seems like they're going to absorb it to me, unless they get wild and, and roll, like I said, Dakari Johnson or whoever it is. So, but yeah, the, I don't hate Felton. There's other cheap options, but if you want to be super aggressive on this game, I mean, he's definitely there. Um, and yeah, Grant Grant's pretty good uh, as far as yo. What's up with Russell Westbrook's free throw percentage, man? Like, seven straight years, 80% or more. Career high last year on, like, 800 attempts or whatever it was, 84-something percent. He's, like, 58% from the line. Makes no sense. So, uh, he's been terrible. Like, if you play season long, he's not even a top 100 player. But he's 10-8. They had a long meeting last night after they got their butts kicked in Denver, which um, he also didn't get into a fight with Rocky, as far as I know, their mascot. Um, I've probably posted this like 10 times. If you've never seen it, just Google Westbrook and Nuggets mascot. And he blocks a, like his half-court shot at the rim. It's so funny. I love it. He, he and Rocky have mad beef. So it's like better than any, any Robin Lopez story. The Rocky versus Westbrook is my favorite. Okay, so usage is, like Paul George had low usage, but good stats across the board. And Paul George had like a, a wild, something about a rainstorm, just basically take the rain one way. You're going to get wet one way or another, so deal with it. So they had a long team meeting. I know that a lot of reporters said it took a while for them to come out of the locker room to deal with the media. So they're not happy, and they're not playing well, especially offensively. Defensively, they've been pretty good, really, all season. They were leading in half-court defense for a while. So, 
But a big reason why is because Steven Adams. So this game, again, this game's a pretty strong one to attack, especially if you're going to have Lou Williams in a lot of lineups. So Westbrook at 10-8. Again, not that many studs at point guard. So getting Westbrook and Giannis and just running with it. Like, this is Westbrook's team, man. And they said this before when they had their first little lull, that it's Westbrook's team. So um, I, I expect Westbrook to come out guns blazing. Um, kind of a pun slash motion detected there. I uh, can't really play Paul George at 8-2, especially if I'm going to play Giannis. I um, just don't really feel it. Same thing goes for Melo. 6-8. Uh, Melo at 6-8 is a little better buy, though. Like you're, They're basically the same player, right? Uh, Melo is more scoring dependent. Had one of his best scoring games in a while yesterday, so maybe he keeps it going. Uh, and again, they're going to have to play those guys pretty heavy minutes in the back-to-back. So, um, But both teams are shorthanded. Maybe this game is close. So yeah, there's uh, a lot to like. Okay, so I think I'm good. Yeah, Felton at three two. Like you, he'll he probably's got t- like twelve thirteen fantasy points in the bag. So I don't think he he could. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But his minutes should be there if Adams is out. Okay, I think we're good there. Yeah, let's a great game here. Orlando and Phoenix minus three for the road magic. Two twenty six over under is your high. The starters' offense. So with the Alfred Payton effect has been just mind blowing, right? Their starters with Payton, one twenty nine offensive rating. That's just off the charts good. Uh, one hundred six pace as well. Phoenix, they get a bad rap, but their new starting unit has been pretty good. Uh, almost to the. I have my little chart for what I consider excellent, and they're right on the cusp. They're in that good to excellent range, just on the top end of good. So. It's not as bad as you think uh, as far as blowout factors go. I think this game will be good. And then taking a little deeper on Alfred on the court, um, he's a 122 offensive rating. That's just phenomenal. Um, Versus the Magic are 103 offensive uh, without him. And also four possessions faster on pace. So I've bashed Alfred a lot in in my basketball coverage career. But he's, he's been really good. So... Uh, again, lot to attack here. We like we always say in every podcast, man. Ever, Evan Fournier is too cheap. I really don't care that Alfred's back. He's six eight, man. Against the Suns, they're gonna have a tough time defending him. T.J. Warren's a better defender than most people give him credit for, but still, Fournier is just gonna do so much work, man. Um, I, I think he, if he gets hot, he'll be really good. Aaron Gordon is kind of a return game, a U of A guy, so um, extra narrative there. He's not too high at seven eight. But if you're going to play Westbrook and Giannis, it's probably going to be tough to get him in there. Alex Lynn. Uh, if you played him on Wednesday, you're probably not going to play him again. But let me try to persuade you the other uh, other direction. Uh, he and Whiteside don't get along, so I think he was just out of his. He was just in his own head, and he had three totally stupid fouls. Like, you're he was boxed out on a rebound. His, his fourth foul. He was boxed out on a rebound just along the baseline. He had no chance. Like you, like you got to know when you're getting boxed out, you got no chance to get a rebound. And he went for it. And it's like, dude, what are you doing, man? You got three fouls. You're already in foul trouble. They need you. You really don't have a backup behind you, and you're doing that, man. Like Triano is a straight shooter. I bet you Triano really laid into him. So I like. I have. I have Len as my number one center, and I know it's it's gonna be it's it's tough. He's he's. One of the dumbest fouls in the league, but I like this matchup. Um, so yeah, I, I think this, I think I like him a lot. I really do. Um, uh, Chandler is questionable with a back injury. 
didn't practice yesterday, so you would assume he's not going to play. Uh, regardless, he's going to back him up. And, I mean, Len's going to get 22 minutes, I think, either way. So um, if he avoids foul trouble, 28 minutes, pretty good. So they also, because of the foul trouble, they rolled out some new wrinkles. We saw Dragon Bender and the Chris 4-5 combo a lot. Bender only played like a couple seconds next to Len. So he's kind of the backup-ish, but they kind of staggered him and put Jared Dudley in the mix and played him at the four, really more so than, than usual. I think he had a season high in like a few categories, including scoring. And he's been played well for two straight. Uh, we also saw three-guard lineups. We saw Devin Booker and Troy Daniels play next to each other. So not that you would use Daniels, but I just thought that was an interesting little wrinkle that they threw in there. Uh, and then we saw six minutes of... Uh, I'm sorry, one minute of Josh Jackson and TJ Warren. And TJ Warren, I'm sorry, Josh Jackson actually had a comment talking about how he said the physicality of the NBA game is crazy. I'm bleeping guard and Blake Griffin and I'm barely 200 pounds. So funny stuff. So yeah, we look at this and like I said, Len is good. Uh, I like Mike James a decent amount. Again, this pace should be really fast. I think Phoenix can hang, man. Um, so uh, this game is the most stackable game of the day for me. Uh, Tower Yulis at 3-6. If you are in the camp that it's going to be close, then I think Yulis is your man. He'll play garbage time. And he's been pretty bad. So we see Mike James kind of distance himself uh, from Yulis. And also, Triano had some good quotes too. He was talking a lot about how he wants to use Booker as a screener. So you see that, and you're like, okay, who's he going to screen? TJ Warren, sure. And Mike James as well. Mike James uses screens pretty well. Comes off, shoots threes. Nice complimentary piece to Booker, so I like him, man. Uh, I think he's still again. I like this matchup five five, definitely respectable. Uh, I don't hate Dragon Bender, but I am a little worried about him getting squeezed, man, because they've been really bad. If Tyson Chandler plays, it is because they need they're like he's been actually pretty good on defense, arguably their best front court defensive guy, talking power forwards and centers. He's done really well there. But his offense is just a mess, man. So it's pulling him down so hard. So I don't know if I like you really can't do it unless we know Chandler's out. Uh, again, same with Dudley, three three. But if if he's out, I think Dudley's sneaky, man. They're, like I said, they need offense from him. Marquise Chris as well. He's he's gonna start. He's three eight. Like he at under four thousand for a starter that can block shots and hit threes and rebound, man. That's tough to pass up. So um, I do like Chris. Obviously, not so much in cash. But, yeah, pretty good. So, let's see here. We got to the Magic. Yeah, Vooch is fine. Uh, I could definitely see him dominating Alice Len. Um, Jonathan Simmons also is fine at 4-6. <sighs> okay. I think we're good there. Yeah, let's move on. So, we got Miami and Utah. Minus 3, 195 over under. I believe that's the low. Um, the, okay, so the Utah Jazz, they have kind of a, a misconception. Their starters are actually below average on defense. So I see that. And a lot of people, you think Utah, you think Rudy Gobert, and you just think like, oh, fade this. But it really hasn't been the case. They, they've given up some big lines at times. So um, I'm definitely open to it. Uh, and then also another interesting wrinkle is Donovan Mitchell closed out in the last game. Um, with Ingles, Hood, Thabo, and Gobert. They were trailing, so they went with more shooting. We know Ruby isn't the best shooter. Although Mitchell wasn't the best shooter the other night either. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that Mitchell with the starters, uh, so without Rubio, they've used that lineup for 15 minutes, and it's been really, really good. Arguably their best lineup with at least 10 minutes, so that's something to watch. Um, be careful with Rubio. But yeah, I'm down with Mitchell. Um, 
Again, if you're like, what was he like before the the crunch time? He was like two or fifteen or something. And Quinn Snyder's still stuck with him because he makes an impact on defense. He's five one. I like this game. Is also pretty sneaky to stack. We're gonna see the Heat are finally healthy, so this. It creates, let's just shift over to that. This creates a problem because Justice Winslow may be starting at the four. That lineup has been phenomenal. Um, 88 defensive rating, 23 net rating, 112 pace. Uh, not the biggest sample. I think it's like 24, 25 minutes. So he's been pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I would play Winslow because we don't even know for sure. Again, he has blown up really the past few games because Deion Waiters didn't play two and three games ago, and then Tyler Johnson didn't play. So they went eight-man rotation against Phoenix. So you see those stats I spit out, the 23-net rating. Keep in mind, most of that came against the Suns. So, um, yeah, and they were really just clicking. So it's a very misleading stat, but I'm just it's, it is. It is what it is, right? So, um, And then Eric Spolstra also couldn't identify why his team's turning the ball over so much. So pretty Nothing really telling there. And then another big note is Kelly Olenek is not playing next to Whiteside. They've played next to each other for 11 minutes on the season. So Olenek pretty much straight back up to Whiteside. Okay, so I think that's it for notes. Okay, so let's talk about who we like. Uh, Rodney Hood's cheaper than Donovan Mitchell. Like, that's kind of crazy. So uh, I think people are kind of scared of Hood. But I, I I rather like him. I think you can give him uh, some consideration there. Um, I got some updates I'll get to after this game. Um, I can't, be- I cannot believe Malcolm Brogdon got bumped. I- I'm like, what are you doing? I-, I don't get that at all, at all. So, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, James Johnson, six four. Again, he's pretty much rock solid. He's a little overachieving lately, but yeah. Uh, again, I'm not worried about the matchup. Their favorites is kind of. Heavy-footed right now. Josh Richardson, usage rate's way down, but I think he can go off. I like him quite a bit at 4-5. Uh, hasn't really done much. Been really boomer bust uh, because his usage rate's so low. So um, It's tough, definitely. I think he's more of a sneaky tournament play. Definitely upside there. Um, Tyler Johnson at 4,000, back off an illness, so a little risky to play him. I can't play Justice Winslow at 4-6 now that they're healthy. I want to see him do it with the team ready to go. Uh, I'm down. For, white side against Gobert is really tough, but I, I don't hate it, man. They really got in the ball a lot against the Suns. So, but again, you generally have to fade your centers against Gobert, despite the stats I said. So, yeah. Okay. So I can't believe Malcolm Brogdon's coming off the bench, man. Like, what are you doing with that? They Brogdon's been so good next to Giannis, like way, way better than any other. There, oh, I just don't get it. Sometimes Jason Kidd pisses me off. So. This is one of those instances. Okay, so what else? Uh, what other news? Oh, yeah, marketing's a go, which was expected. Zipcher's a go, expected. Robin Lopez's a go, is expected. Yep, so nothing really too surprising. So I'm checking out. I can't I can't believe they're starting blood, so I really can't believe that. So I guess the analysis of that is maybe Bledsoe. I'm not. I can't do it. There's other, I'd rather play Mike James at the same price, to be honest. Like, it's too risky to play a new guy in a new team like that. Okay, I think we are at the last game. It's a great one. Brooklyn and Portland. 220 over under, minus 9. Portland starters have been pretty good on defense, kind of average everywhere else. Although the Turner lineup with the starters and Harkless at the 4 has been disastrous on defense. So... 
Uh, we'll see if Stotts trusts that. We got Rondé is questionable. Booker's also questionable. Alan Crabb revenge game. And interesting, Kenny Atkinson kind of took the blame for Crabb being up and down, saying that the lack of the big men setting up screens for him has hurt him. So it sounds like they want to get him going in a revenge game. So I, I like that pretty I, I like Crabb a lot. And then also, if you play D'Angelo Russell, like the turnovers are just out of control. Um, and then digging a little deeper on that, so about 15% of his possessions used, so we're talking turnovers, free throws, and shots from the field, they account for about 50, transition buckets count for 50, or usage counts, counts for 15%. 30% of his turnovers have come in transition. So that is just a glaring, glaring thing. He needs to cut down on, t- like when you're in transition, you have your best, that's your best opportunity to score. And like to turn the ball over at that rate, that's just got to stop. Uh, we know the Nets are transition studs. They love transition, right? They're fastest pace in years, almost ever. So he needs to cut that down. Uh, he's also above average on pick and roll with a lot of turnovers there, but he's still above average overall. So he's still playing well. It's just if he can cut down those offensive turnovers in transition, he'd be looking a lot better. And I'd rather like him again today. Uh, so if. Rondé comes back. Uh, that means Damari, who played almost straight four. He only played four minutes at the three in the last game. Uh, and then also Atkinson said he liked the Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell combo, which is kind of interesting because it hasn't really been very good. Um, D.A.R. has been kind of bad by himself, and Dinwiddie has been kind of great by himself, and together they've been bad. So it's more of a testament to... And here's the stats here. So um, that... Front court, back court, excuse me, with Dinwiddie and DAR, 41 minutes, minus 12 net rating. Dinwiddie without DAR, plus 9.1. Russell, minus 14 without him. So, like I said, Dinwiddie by himself. Dinwiddie's been really good. So, uh, I don't hate him either. If if Ronnie's a go, I'm down. just throwing him out there. Um, again, I, I kind of like has this spot for him. So, yeah, he's he's fine. Uh, Evan Turner, I mentioned his defense being bad, but he's 4-5. I expect him to play a good amount. We know the Nets are just hemorrhage points. So moving to the... And I also like Mo Harkless. I like Mo Harkless kind of a lot. Uh, he matches up more so than anyone else. I think Harkless is super sneaky. Um, I like him in a vacuum more than Turner. Uh, but yeah. So, okay, you think about the Nets, and you think, okay, can I stack two guys against them? Like, meaning CJ and Dame, and you can. Uh, because you look at their... Dame's low usage rate on the season is 23.7, and CJ's been below that just twice. So they both have a really good shot to flirt with 30 usage. If they are efficient and they're 65 true shooting, you're looking at pretty big stat lines, especially if they're assisting to each other. And then also, <clears throat> they're staggered. And CJ without Dame is a 24.4 usage rate and a 30.3 without him, so somewhat noticeable difference. Uh, Dame's actually bigger. Dame's 20, 28 with 36 without. So Dame without CJ just goes off. Moral of the story is, yeah, you can play them both. You definitely can. Uh, if you want to play one or the other, hit your pick, really. I like them both kind of equally. Dame obviously has the higher upside because we know Dame could just go flago on people. And also Dame revenge game. One of the several bad trades for the Nets was how they traded the Gerald Russell, I'm sorry, Gerald Wallace crash, my boy, for Dame. Uh, to get that draft pick, man. That's one of the worst. Like, when you think about teams that give up high picks for players that are rentals, like, that is on the Mountain Rush where what the hell are you doing? So, all right, what else? 
I think this game will be close. Like I said, Crab at four four of those of that four five four three range with Turner and Harkless. He's my favorite. D'Angelo seven three is really good. Um, it's gonna be tough to play Joe Harris. Yeah, that's kind of it. All right, so I wanted to shoot for thirty minutes and I didn't do it, but pretty close. So we'll be back tomorrow. Not sure what we're gonna do. A lot of games. Uh, oh, and also Tyson Chandler is out. So no surprise there. Everything I said holds up. Yeah, it should be pretty crazy. I will be on Twitter all day busting out the news and on Rotor World breaking it down. And if you guys don't read the Rotor World blurbs, I try to make them pregame more DFS friendly for who's going to play minutes and lineup stuff like we do on the podcast. So And then after, we kind of do more season-long stuff. Try to cater to everyone. It's pretty tough, but that's why I write up so many blurbs. So you guys take care, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.